All right, Pylon listeners, we are back, and we are going to be wrapping uh, or recapping the NFL draft. We want to thank first everybody uh, listening to this podcast that tuned into the live stream. We had over 130 listeners to it, uh, so that was an awesome, awesome, uh, exceeded our expectations. So thank you, everybody, for tuning into that and giving your comments during it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, me and Barney had uh, doing that broadcast. And a big shout-out, again, to our producer, uh, Kid J. You did an awesome job uh, running that whole show, even with some uh, errors that you didn't even see behind the scenes that you took care of uh, on the fly. So it was awesome. Uh, but now, gentlemen, uh, so I guess I'm Big Z. You're covering Detroit Lions. Let's go around the rest of the crew. Forgot to introduce you all. So Remy representing the Vikings. Skull to the bull, purple rain and control. Go Vikes. Then we have Barney representing the Bears. This beer's for you, Ryan Pace. Good job this weekend, buddy. <laughs> I don't I don't think we've ever th- think we'd hear those words. Uh good job and Ryan Pace in the same <laughs> sentence from you, Barney. Gotta give credit where it's due. <laughs> and then last but not least, I don't know I don't know where his mind is at right now with all the Aaron Rodgers news, but Kinger representing the Packers. Gentlemen, as always, good to be back. I'm all smiles, boys. You know, I think you <laughs> you guys all are going to be ready to pile on me tonight, you know, but uh, I think I'm going to say some things that I don't think you guys are going to be too excited about here, uh, you know, once we dive into, obviously, what we're about to. So we're going to go, let's let's dive into that before we d- dive into our draft recap, uh, Kinger. So the imminent departure of Aaron Rodgers is, seems to be weighing heavily in the mind of many Packers fans, but you, you seem to be taking the opposite approach. Uh why? Why is that? Why? Why? Why is he going to be coming back? Besides of the money, it... well, boys, let's every, just take a look. Every report at... seems to indicate he's leaving, not staying. You know, let's just let's just break this down here, right? And from both sides, from Aaron Rodgers' side, from the Green Bay Packers organization, let me just start by saying you can't believe everything you hear in the media. Uh, Remy, no offense to you, I know you you work in the media for a living, but. The media loves to stir up bullshit, guys, right? And although, obviously, it's been confirmed at this point there is a rift between Rodgers and the Packers, a lot of these reports coming out today, right, you know, about him telling free agents to go, you know, he doesn't want to sign with them, calling uh, Gutekunst, Jerry Krause, and group text messages. You know, I can't obviously say that those aren't true, (laughs) but if you really look at the big picture to a lot of this, this, uh, a lot of it seems fabricated and, and quite honestly exaggerated in most cases, right? So let's just start with why is Rodgers upset? Um... And the answer to that is, is nobody really knows for sure. Um, you know, is it the contract situation that's really bothering him that he didn't get the long-term deal? Um, you know, he was once one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Obviously, he's been surpassed by some guys since then. Was he upset with that the Packers weren't willing to give him the long-term commitment? Or was he upset with the personnel choices and decisions that the management and the team has made over the last few years? Right? There's been really no sort of clarification at least around that and and you know people are saying both things one he wants goody out of there second you know he's not happy with the personnel the green bay hasn't surrounded him with enough talent and then if you look at the packers side of things right i mean they've been very committed to aaron Rodgers, um and, and have openly stated that they want him to be the quarterback of the future now i, so. I can give Rodgers some credit and i understand where he's coming from maybe in regards to that long-term commitment with the contract but I do not buy the fact that the Packers have not surrounded him with enough talent. Now, if you go back and you look at some of those NFC Championships games in 2015 and 2017, that defense was horrendous, and there were Kevin King. <coughs> there were holes Sorry, on the me. on the on the defensive side of the ball. You know that's fine, Kevin King. If you want to pinpoint one play, that's you know we can we can go there. But if you look at that multiple plays, multiple plays, right? But if you look at that offense, and we needed it to address corner, and we did. But if you look at that offense, how can you go out there and say that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons? He's got a top five offensive line in the league. He has a top three wide receiver. I think he errs in one or two. And Devontae Adams, you have a top seven running back, and you have a tight end that led the league in touchdowns at his position last year. Kinger, the off- it's offense was number one. Kinger, it's, it sounds like you're calling him a big baby. Are you, are you calling him a big baby? No, because I understand his point about the contract. <laughs> I do, but that, you know, him talking about personnel decisions, okay, maybe he should have been addressed before the Jordan Love pick last year, but the Packers have done what they needed to do to give him the talent on the offensive side of the ball. We're in back-to-back NFC Championships games, right? That's, in my opinion, not a, it's not a hill that he can die on. I think most Packers fans realize that. 
Okay. So, I mean, Kanger, first of all, we haven't heard Aaron Rodgers come out and refute this <laughs> in any no, regard, I, and it's been a week long. Right. Um, I mean, Ru- I guess Russell Wilson didn't do that either. Maybe he wa- I think he wanted that to simmer for a while, though. Um, and maybe Aaron Rodgers does too in this case. Uh, but also, what I, you know, in regards to the personnel decisions, I think he sees what Tom Brady and the treatment he's getting over in Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers didn't have six and- Super Bowls. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, but he has multiple but MVPs. I think he's also, That's true. He's also probably taking a page out of the the Peyton Manning book too. I mean, he he went over to Broncos and immediately had a you know a Super Bowl contending year. Uh, That's the blueprints out there for what he's trying to do. It's not like it's the first day, first time this kind of caliber quarterback might be seeking you know employment elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Remy, yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if I'm really buying into. <clears throat> Green Bay taking care of them offensively and drafting. I mean, look at the last look at the last draft for the past six or seven years, Kinger. They've drafted DNs and corner. Like, look, you know what I mean. So to blame it on the defense, if you're going to blame it on the defense, you blame it on bad drafting. And they haven't even even given a chance to go get an offensive weapon for. Rodgers yeah. at all. Oh, they drafted a quarterback. Okay, so but all right, but here's here's my rebuttal to that, right? You saw that defense that showed up against Atlanta in 2017 or 2018 in the NFC Championship. It was 2017, I think. 2018, I was mixing it up earlier. You saw that defense. That was one of the worst defenses in the entire, you know, last 10 I years in the NFL. How they got to that point without it. The defense needed to be addressed, right? And Devontae Adams has emerged into a superstar. They've got good young building blocks on the offensive line with the with the inclusion of the bet one of if not the best left tackle in the league and David Bakhtiari. You needed to address the defensive side of the ball. You know, two years ago we just got beat by a better team in San Francisco. We just got beat by a better team in San Francisco. You like San Francisco dominated us in that NFC Championship two years ago. Now you look at last year. We're a Kevin King not fucking up and letting up that 60-yard bomb at the end of the first half and a better overall first half away from being in it, and we had every chance in the world to win that game. We really did. You know, we made some mistakes. So Three interceptions. Three interceptions. So, so it, seems like, it seems like now you have this team figured out then. This is the best Packer team since you've won the Super Bowl is what I'm hearing. I mean, that's the thing, and I think we'll talk about the draft later. I think we did what we needed to to address – some of our holes to make us a better, more complete team. There is so, no reason that this that this Green Bay Packers team shouldn't compete again this year. So and, go ahead. I yeah. no, I, I I agree. I agree. They they should compete if Aaron Rodgers is a starting quarterback, if Aaron Rodgers decides to stick around. But what I'm you know what? I just lost it. I just lost it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I have two final points that I just want to make on this. I read a great article today from Andrew Brandt, who is the VP of the Packers for 10 years. Uh, He now works for Sports Illustrated, and I think he has something to do with Villanova University now. He was there when when Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers in 2006, right? And how that came to be is is when they picked, when it was their turn to pick in the mid-20s that year, the only player that they had drafted, that they had remaining, that was a first-round talent in their mind was Aaron Rodgers. They had no desire. They had no, they did not go into that draft thinking they were going to draft a quarterback. It just so happens that Aaron Rodgers fell into their lap. And what did that do? That pissed off Brett Favre. That started that whole shit show, turned out to be, and made him, you know, an app. It turned into an absolute but you nightmare. You traded up for love. You traded up for love. Right. Because they obviously viewed love as somebody who was a first round talent, right? And Jordan Love's a completely different conversation because none of us, no matter what you say, you can say it was a shitty pick. You can say he's going to be a garbage quarterback. None of us have any clue how Jordan Love is going to be in the I've NFL. I've got a pretty do you, good clue. Do you think he would? Do you think he would have fell to you though? Do you think you I don't necessarily know. Maybe, needed to I, trade up for him? I don't know, Remy, because we wanted to go get Justin Jefferson last year, and then the Vikings took him, and then the Niners traded up ahead School. of us to go get Brandon Ayuk. I, I so I think that the difference between that is yes, you know, when you guys chose Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he absolutely just free falled right into your guys' lap and. Yep. Obviously, that was the hundred percent right choice also, to do. But like trading up for his replacement, you know, or trading up like if they traded up to let's say, uh, you know, like eight spots, like you guys did for Love or whatever it was, right? Like they traded eight eight spots up to get Aaron Rodgers. 
I mean, that sends a completely different message trading up for a quarterback and not just taking one because, hey, he that, fell right into our That's lap. what I was and, trying and, to say. And yeah. Far Far was on the edge of retirement. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still has many more years than Far. I mean, not – I mean, Far had three or four good years of football left in him, and that's about uh, – you can't argue Aaron Rodgers got more than three or four good years I, of football left in him. I'm going to toss this out here. I thought it was pretty fascinating. Uh Bart Starr, is that the the yeah. 16 years with the Packers? Brett Favre, yeah. 16 years with the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, 16 years with the Packers. It, it, <laughs> is it just unlucky, number 17? So so I'm just going to uh, – let me just finish here with my points on why I think Rodgers is going to stay. You know, that report about him telling free agents to go away, I just think it's complete horseshit. I really do. You think Aaron Jones signs back with the Packers if he thinks that uh, Aaron – Rogers is is hates the organization wants nothing to do it. You think Bakhtiari, who is one of his closest friends, you know, mid season signs that contract extension? Do you think he knows this? This has come to light now, not. Uh, no, I know that. But, but what has real what has really changed other than not going forward on fourth down in the NFC Championship game? Right? You think one of his best buds? You got AJ Hawk coming on Pat McAfee's show the other know. day saying that they didn't uh, that he they don't he doesn't believe that Rogers wants Goody out. So what are Aaron Rodgers' options right now? Let me just break this down, too. Break, what are his break options? Break the silence. Yeah, I mean, break the silence. I would love for him to make a comment on that. Absolutely. <laughs> his only comment was is he was upset it came to fruition. But he has two options. He plays for the Packers. He sits. Three options. He sits and doesn't get any money, or he retires, and he goes on the Packers put him on the reserve retired list, and we still own the rights to him for the next three years. Those are his options. That's it. Or, or, or he, he gets, gets traded. Right. We're, we're not. <laughs> what we're not going to trade him. Green Bay is not going to trade. Why, you would why, trade him why, for. You why would wouldn't they? If he's not going to play for them. Okay. Because why would you? Tra- we've already missed out on the draft. If we had some quarterback we loved, or we had some player, yeah, do you game. understand no, not how good it. the Green Bay Packers could not be? Do it. If you trade Rodgers, you can get anyone you want. You rather him retire and not play than get three first round picks potentially. Yeah, that's Unreal. that's what I think Green Bay is 100 percent going to do. You all right? That's fine. That's just my opinion. Green Bay does a historically awesome that job managing because we are because we are in win now mode boys yes we have some good young talent but we are in win now mode and i think everybody knows that jordan love is not going to come in there and lead us to a potential nobody show. knows i, I, that, I agree that i agree with that honest. but what about what about letting him retire and not getting any kind of capital is win now because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to do that. It's just you know playing. It's just playing his bluff. Exactly. I think if anybody exactly. did, it would be Aaron Rodgers. He's a here, off an MVP season. No chance. Hey Kinger, he can go. He can go do know. Jeopardy if he wants to. I'll just tell you right now. He divorced his family. All right. <laughs> He's about to divorce the only other family that ever loved him. Guess what? The guy does. That guy is the guy that could be the one that does all this shit storm. Like that is the makeup of somebody right. who just doesn't give a fuck. And, and that's the case then. Maybe he retires, Barney, but Green Bay has made it adamant. They're not going to trade him. And I guarantee you, I will guarantee you boys. And you guys can fucking throw this at me and hold this over my head. As far as it is, Green Bay will not trade Aaron Rodgers. All right. But, but I'll say this. I mean, they're saying all the right things they got. I mean, like they have to say, we're not going to trade them. They need they need right. the phones to be off the hook saying, hey, we'll give you three, we'll give you four first rounders. They need to say that. I mean, they're saying what they should okay. say. But I, I don't I'm, think that that truly means what they think. Like, they're going to try like hell to hold on to them. Absolutely. However, if it's between forcing him into retirement and getting capital out of him, I'm pretty sure the business major over there is probably thinking, I should probably get a return on this investment. I don't see. I think they're going to call us bluff because I don't think Roger's going to do it. But I what really if he, don't. but then what if he does retire? Well, I'd love to what, see that. What That'd would be you, like, what would you say? Me. Like, oh, honestly, fuck. because honestly, because of these reasons that I said about my belief that they've built and done enough around him. And I think next year's Packers team is going to be the best Packers team that we've had in the 10 years. Then you have some more animosity towards Rogers for being, I think that I, I would have some more animosity to say, fine, dude, retire. We're not going to let you go. To, you know, to one of our uh, definitely not an NFC team, absolutely not an NFC team. You know, and and I would I would let him walk, and then maybe that's some pity from me. But I would say, you know what, dude, you want to retire? You retire a Packer. We're not letting you do that. Wow, Remy. Okay, number one, you 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 seem so afraid of Rodgers going to an NFC team 
you now feel what it's like to have to fucking deal with that prick every fucking Sunday. Number two, you are telling me you would like Aaron Rodgers, if it came down to it, you would rather have Aaron Rodgers walk away and the Packers get nothing versus Aaron Rodgers walk away and the Packers get a lot. That does not make sense. Ma- yeah, I would I'm trade probably the, him for No, you're right. You're probably you're probably right. Now, I, if somebody wants to offer us four first-rounders, then I would consider it. But anything four less... Four first-rounders is never going to happen. And that's what I'm saying. Then I wouldn't do it. Then I wouldn't do it. Then what, I wouldn't do what, it. That, okay, that that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't Three, make... That, maybe, that means because, the Packers are set back. Do you understand... Oh, what the haul you can get for this guy for one player? He's blinded. He's being bl- he's blind right I just, now. I just could sense. never. You would rather lose. Understandably, you, I wouldn't want to admit this it is this is just what I don't understand. You would rather have Rogers <laughs> if if it comes down to this, walk away and have nothing versus Rogers walking away and have a lot. I, I, well, because we're in win now mode, right? We are in win now. Win mode, now so. mode. He, if he's gonna walk away, it is quite literally now or never. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got some good young talent there. Brian, so. uh, I don't know about that. You, do, you, you honestly yeah. don't think you can replace him with a above-average quarterback with these weapons that he's developed, and that's what brings me back to weapons. I mean, Devonta Adams is good, but these guys like Alan Lazard, who not a knock on him, my homies, uh, good friends with him, but Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, whatever the fuck his name is. These guys are good yeah, because right. Rodgers makes him good. I'd like to see them go play somewhere else and see if they're actually good. Like I said, Jeff Janis has been good, and Jeff Janis is a pile of dog shit. So what I I don't I don't see it. I mean, you could, guys can go get another another above average quarterback and plus Ooh. more and oh, still be in win a, now mode. Yeah, they can get they can Quote get unquote. him in trades. I mean, they, there's plenty trade for Drew Locke. That would be awesome. Just please not Teddy Bridgewater. I <laughs> you will know, boys, not be I'm able just, to sleep at night. You know, you, I see where you're coming from, and maybe I am blinded, but if Rodgers is going to do this nice. to the Green Bay organization after really, you know, outside of maybe the contract situation, the, their full commitment, and they've built a team that can win, I mean, five NFC championships the last 12 years, whatever it I, is, like, come on. This, I would say it's been the most consistent team. And, to want to go beat those, him somewhere, to have your Packer team beat him. So playing somewhere else? Those, those NFC championship teams were like, I mean, 90% Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. that was the reason why. I mean, you stick outside of last at last two years. Last two years weren't 90% Aaron Rodgers. Shout out Brandon Bostick. Also. 85%. Okay, yeah, eight, 85%. But <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just for me, at, from a from a the the standpoint of a Bears and never having a single quarterback really to really be proud of i just i just could not imagine going through this kind of shit like after an mvp year like but i i don't know i I don't think i'll ever even experience that because i don't know if we're ever gonna have an mvp quarterback but i just i can't fathom like how dumb and i and i think the jerry Krause like statement is hilariously accurate. I mean, it's just, it is, it's just it is like, dude, accurate. it doesn't matter what like your star wants. If your star is Aaron Rodgers, who plays that fucking elite, you just bend it over and say, and just say whatever you want, Mister. Whatever you yep. fucking want, we'll keep. I you agree happy. with that. But the reason why we have been good for the last twenty five years is is because we have continued to build. We put the team first. We put the Green Bay Packers first. And we draft for needs. And yes, we have had two of some, two of the greatest quarterbacks yeah, of all had time. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for thirty straight years. That's why you guys continue to be good. That's you know that's fine. I'm I'm just I'm telling you guys right now. My gut still tells me he's going to be playing in Green Bay this year. I got a so, I got a question for you, Kinger. I went through this already, Kinger, with the loss of Matt Stafford. So <laughs> I went really through it with the loss of Adrian Peterson, and yeah. I went through it with the loss of uh, the only Nickelodeon MVP, uh, Mitch Trubisky. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kyle Orton there, Barney, back in the day. Yeah. All right, I, I'm I'm sure we will have a lot more to say on this going forward. Uh, 19 minutes on Aaron Rodgers, nice fellas. I know, I know. So let let let's get into the other big event of the last four days. I mean, this came out right before the draft, so it, it kind of overshadowed day, it to yeah. agree. Um, but gentlemen, let's let's go through uh, the NFL draft here and just uh, 
our thoughts on how our teams performed, and we'll, we'll all be chiming in here on how our teams did. So we'll go in like draft order just from the first round. Um, so that means my Detroit Lions are up first. Yeah, I I absolutely love this draft. Uh, so the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, Moore City, Dan Campbell, as they like to say in the the McAfee show. I mean. He wants tough guys. He wants nasty guys that are going to bite off some kneecaps. And boy, oh boy, did they have a very on-brand draft. Panay Suel, first, uh, uh, first-round pick, seventh overall. Just a beast of offensive tackle. So, gentlemen, I, I ask you this. Let me ask you this question: Do the Lions potentially have the best offensive line in the NFC North? You have Taylor Decker at left tackle. You have All-Pro Frank Ragnow at center. Now you have Panay Suel. Seventh overall draft pick at right tackle. Jonah Jackson, the third rounder at left guard. And then Big V, he's the big question mark, but if he can play up to what his contract is, um, I mean, I think that's an elite offensive line, a top five offensive line in the NFL. I, well, I mean, to be honest. Green Bay gives you still a run for your money there. Yeah, the, the only, the only uh, NFC North team that you're really fighting this battle on is Green Bay. I mean, the, la- the, the so last Pinker, couple who- – you have Bakhtiari at left tackle. Is he, what was his injury last year? ACL? ACL. Okay, so that's not as bad of a one. I, thought, I, I wasn't sure if it was an Achilles. That'd be a different story. So wh- what is the rest of the, the line? Because you just lost Corey Lindsley, all pro center. That's very true. You know, And so we, we have to figure out a way to replace him. But you know, it comes down to the, the, thing, the best thing about Green Bay is, is that their offensive line is so flexible, right? Like, you know, we did just go draft Josh Myers, but Elkin Jenkins is going to be our third year guy out of Mississippi state. He can play all three positions, guard, tackle center. Um, you know, Lucas Patrick was a very sturdy guy at guard last year. John Runyon proved that, you know, he could potentially be a a good young guy as well. So Billy Turner has been one of our best free agent signings. Also has pl- Billy Turnstile. Yeah, has That's always been. So, you know, again, I agree with Barney. Turner. You know, we're going to wait and see. The Lions are going to have a very good offensive line. You know, I, I I love the Sewell pick. You know, I think the fact that he fell to seven. I mean, it was kind of, I guess, expected. But, you know, I, I'll give you that. It's going to be good. I You know, I'm just going to argue that Green Bay is going to be just as good. I haven't seen the Lions draft room that happy in a long time. I guarantee you I never saw any smiles whatsoever in the last three years under – Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. So it was nice to see, first of all, some personality. But I, I think the Lions had him as like their number three prospect on the board, just from my understanding what I was reading from quotes and such. I would imagine they had Trevor Lawrence up there, and I, I think they had Jamar Chase up there. are some rumors that they were trying to trade up for Jamar Chase. I think the board that they did not do that, as I am not high on him. Um, <laughs> you are so high So I absolutely love the pick. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love the pick. I, I think this is a great building block. This guy's twenty. He's not he's not gonna turn twenty one till October. He won't even be able to drink by the time the season starts. He'll be twenty five when it comes time to extend him. Um this this line the Lions have finally have continuity at the most important position where continuity matters more than anything. I agree. Line. So I'm I'm ecstatic. Uh and then let, just jump into the second round and the third round, what the Lions did. I like to so they went now we said the defensive tackle position was weaker, and that's why the Lions went in the second round with these, in third round with these guys. But Levi Wunzerike and Ali McNeil both tested very high. I don't know if you guys follow RES, the relative athletic score, but these guys both had above eight. Um, on that, so if you're not familiar with RES, it's this uh, data scientist. Uh, he posts a lot of these on Twitter, his rankings and ranks based on all the pro day stuff and their height and weight. Uh, all the draft picks since like 1985 I want to say and then puts them on a scale of 1 to 10 and these guys all ranked really high and it, so that's the description of RIS and Levi Unzarika and Lee McNeil both beasts so the combined weight of the first three draft picks for the Lions is 938 pounds a lot of big boys the Lions have desperately desperately needed inside pass rush help for the last five years uh I mean, it's it's been horrible. It, it it's like watching paint dry up the middle lately. Uh, the line like Danny Shelton. Uh, I mean, it, the list goes on with their inside guys that have failed miserably. So I'm really excited. These guys have high motors. And then Ifyatu Melonfonwu out of Syracuse, soup ridiculously athletic cornerback. Uh, he needs a lot of work. Uh, I really like that pick. And then uh, 
In the fourth round, Kinger, well, I'll mention Amon Ross St. Brown, really physical receiver, uh, a guy that's going to be or known as one of the better blocking wide receivers. Let's see what he can do. He's decent on 50-50 balls, uh, but I think we'll see him be out there and mostly running downs. And then Derek Barnes, Kinger, can you give me a little bit about him? You're the Purdue guy. Yeah, absolutely. Go you got a you got a you got a dog in Derek Barnes there, uh, Big Z. I absolutely love everything about that guy. He's as tough as they come. Uh, great at reading for a linebacker, just ability to read the play off the snap. Um, hustles, you know, very physical. Uh, he's a guy that's going to come in and, and give you, you know, that linebacker presence that the Lions have been missing for quite some time. I really like that pick a lot. Uh, you know, I hope he does. I I'm rooting for him to do well up there in Detroit. Well, I am too, Kinger. So we can we can at least agree on something right there. Yep. That, that's nice to see a little harmony after there in Rogers talk. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I really like it. The Lions traded up for him right after the Monroe St. Brown pick, and then uh, Barney, uh, the Lions got your running back uh, that made you some money at least <laughs> that you mentioned, J- Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. So I, I I think that's a good seventh round. He was the third to last pick in the draft. Uh, maybe maybe they just knew he won you some money, and that's why. Maybe he won the Lions uh, front office some money as well during the season. Yeah, he's gonna know. give DeAndre Swift uh, a few nice healthy breathers. He's he's one dimensional in the running game, but he's pretty damn good at it. Yeah, the, the Lions got, and they also signed a couple other running backs on the undrafted free agent. But a lot of these guys, the Lions are definitely moving towards a zone blocking scheme. They already kind of were there with Bevel, but they're, I think they're leaning into it even more. All these running backs that they signed, um, known for like a one cut and burst type read. Uh, so I expect a lot of that. Uh, but I, I really like the draft. And as Kinger was kind of mentioned, this Barnes guy, Hustle, all these guys, if you watch their film, they never go on, on the play. And I think the Lions really like high motor guys or maybe something like we mentioned like Christian Barmore for instance that guy could disappear at times in games uh these guys maybe maybe they don't make the plays all the time but you see them on film still hustle until the end of the whistle and that's what I really like um we're not going to solve all our problems in one draft it's impossible the Lions have two first round draft picks in the next two drafts upcoming so I think they can address some more of those issues the biggest questions coming out of the draft, what are we going to do at receivers still? We have a bunch of one-year guys, Quintez Cephas and Amon, Saint, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, but, man, I really like – this is a good, solid draft to start. The new Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes era. I'm super pumped. Let's go, baby. A-plus draft out of Lions. A-plus. Don't even – don't shake your head. Don't shake your head. It was- I, I, it's not just me, too. If you go around national uh, writers – a lot of A's out there. A lot of A's. And in the past with Matt Patricia, a lot of C's and D's. So I, I am uh I'm respecting the hell out of what they did in this draft. I I love it. Build the trenches, baby. Build the trenches as a former D lineman myself. So let's move on now to the Bears. And Barney, your boys, they traded up uh to get Justin yeah. Fields. Yeah, that feeling? was such a such a uh, crazy moment on the on the live feed, right? I knew yeah, I knew I wanted to do the live feed because I knew that there would be a good chance that, you know, if if <laughs> one of the quarterbacks fell, right? And I, and we were saying that in the beginning of the draft, uh it right when the eighth pick hits, you know, if two of the guys are still there, you know, I I'm just going to be clenched butthole the entire time cuz, you know, I it, it, it's coming at any moment. And then you you got so hyped. I didn't see it. And then you got hyped. You're like, there's a trade. And I was just like, holy shit, it's going down. Yeah, it's just um, But I'll tell you what. Uh, this pick, Justin Fields, uh, it's given me a lot of energy, uh, a lot of positivity, uh, <clears throat> you know, coming our way in Chicago. Uh, the, the fans are through the roof right now. Um, you know, I, I want to say a couple things. Uh, you know, you, you need a good quarterback to win, right, in, in the NFL. And I'm not just saying, like, win games. I mean, like, to, to be, like, the final four teams in, you know, the playoffs. You If you don't have one, you're just – your shelf life is – it's just non-existent. So, Justin Fields, the Bears traded up with him. Uh, Eddie Jackson is on IG Live, and he's, like, sitting there. 
watching as the guy's about to say the pick, and he's like, "You better say Fields. You better say Fields." And he's, then he says Justin Fields, and he goes, <laughs> I miss that. "About time we got a quarterback." So I thought that was fucking hilarious that he just, you know, is. Take it for whatever you want to take it for. But, I mean, the the, the players are, are pretty excited. Uh, I'll tell you who should be really excited. Uh, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Uh, let me tell you what. One of the things I love about how good Justin Fields is in the, or, or what he does best in his game is his deep ball. We couldn't throw a deep ball to save our lives. I don't know how many times I watched uh, Darnell Mooney put premier defenders on skates like Jalen Ramsey, you know, Janoris Jenkins in the Saints game, uh, just clear himself of 10, 15 yards only to be underthrown or overthrown by 20 or so yards. His best catch came in the Green Bay game when he absolutely torched, I believe that was Savage, and he ended up having to slow down, come back, and then make that catch in the air when, you know, if it was just a good thrown ball, uh, you know, it would have been a house call. But how many of those throws are under pressure, Barney? And do you, I mean, the, the, and what do you think of the Bears' offensive line right now? Well, I mean, to throw the deep ball, you need time to yeah, throw. Yeah. So, well, first thing is, I just want to get through this. Uh, his deep ball is his most accurate ball in his arsenal. Um, you know, he is one of the most accurate. I don't want to say he's the most accurate, but I believe he's top two, if not number one, in this draft uh, on just pure accuracy. Uh, one to nine yards, he's about 80%. Uh, 10 to 20 yards, he's 94.5%. And from 20 plus, he's 96 and a half. That's a guy that I'm just going to really enjoy, you know, just hitting open receivers. You know, he's coming into a uh, an offense where, yeah, you're right. We have some uh, deficiencies on our de- on our offensive line. Hopefully we shored them up with, with a couple of these good picks that come in. Um, you know, we got rid of uh, Charles Leno, which was nice, but... Uh, you know, he's not coming into a, like, he's not getting picked by the first, second, or third overall team. He's got Allen Robinson, who has had, what, four 1,000-yard seasons with Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles? Like, this guy gets open, and as long as, you know, Justin Fields can do his job, it shouldn't be, you know, like, that big of a learning curve for him. At least he has somebody very dependable to go to, but... My my absolute favorite thing about him is I sent this video to you guys. I don't know if you checked it out, but um, there's this sports psychologist, and I'm just going to explain it to, to the uh, listeners here. There's a sports psychologist, Dr. Goleman, and uh, he tests professional athletes on their mental aptitude. Uh, and, and, and basically for quarterbacks, it would be like, hey um, – you know, I'm going to read off a bunch of different sets and different plays, and I'm going to do this, and I want you to recall that. Uh, I want you to say what the assignments are and, you know, not give them any time and, and basically just test their mental strength there. Um, since 2012, he has tested 6,500 professional athletes, not regular athletes, just professionals. And to to score really well is to get about 100. If you get 100, that means you are – testing above average uh guys like pat mahomes he got somewhere around like 108 uh jo- uh josh allen got somewhere like around 108 justin fields scored the very highest of all professional athletes that he ever tested at 130 um pat mcafee is convinced that he has uh photographic memory which i love because what it's just saying is that, hey, you know, for for regular offenses, this guy's going to pick it up. And for very intricate and very detailed offenses, this guy's going to pick it up a whole lot better. And it just excites me because if you looked at any defense that played uh, the Bears, you know, Green Bay, they they don't have that great of a defense. But they say, oh, when when Mitch Trubisky was in, we would just give him sets to look at. And, and like, I mean, it was just playing cat and mouse with him. And, you know, like we felt like we were in complete control and it was just like leading the mouse to the cheese. Uh, But with Allen, yeah, he's going to get caught in those scenarios. But I'm sorry, with Fields, he's going to get caught with those scenarios. But I think he's going to identify them the second or the third time that it comes around. He's going to realize, you know, I got to stop going this way. So as as far as a, a quarterback perspective, I'm through the roof. I'm so happy. Uh, we We barely had to give up 
you know, I mean, Pace did such a good job, and I want to give credit to him because you can't rag on him for all of his shortcomings and then not applaud him for something he does well, and I think he nailed this entire draft. Uh, he, I thought we were going to trade up at four, maybe. I thought I we were going to trade up at eight. You know, the fact that he waited all the way to 11 so that, so that you know, like his it, the, the, the amount that we had to give up to get to him was just a fourth, a fifth, and a first. I'm sorry. Uh, if if you do hit on a quarterback, then those that first, fourth, and fifth don't mean fucking shit. So uh, I, I'm really, really, really happy with the Justin Fields site. Uh, and you know what? The guy's been in Trevor Lawrence's shadow his entire fucking life. Basically, he's been one B to to Trevor Lawrence's one A. He had a a phenomenal two years in college, and then all of a sudden, this kid this kid from BYU comes out and and out of nowhere and gets drafted as the second quarterback and then this guy from North Dakota State gets drafted as the third quarterback I'm telling you right now Justin Fields is sitting there like all right motherfuckers like and I love that I want him to be having a chip on his shoulder uh I I couldn't I couldn't be happier I couldn't be happier with the pick um so I want to throw out the rest of the 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 pylon crew here so Remy I mean the Vikings it seemed like report. It seemed like reports are saying they they wanted Justin Fields, and when uh, in fall to him, they settled for Colin Cullen Mond. I know this is kind of leaking in your the, your what you did in the draft, but yeah, no. How do you feel about Fields going to the Bears? <clears throat> no, it's uh, I was definitely, you know, every pick that he fell, we were just like, because we knew if he fell to eleven, um, he would be on Minnesota's board now. Courtney Cronin from ESPN, who covers the Vikings, did say that Kirk Cousins was informed that they would be taking a quarterback. It could have been true that they wanted to trade up. Um, if so, that would have been awesome. But I think we weren't expecting Chicago to trade up. I was getting up to grab a Budweiser, and then the most devastating news came across my tv and it was that i was just hoping that it's it's all of of all teams of all teams the chicago bears Mm. i was i was i'm jealous uh but i do think you know this is leaking into my draft um you know what we got for our position um i think will be settled in the long run for qb um whenever we want to talk bikes draft but i am jealous of justin fields because he's got swag. And and I will I will say uh the fact that, you know, this Aaron Rodgers news comes up, you know, th- there's a possibility that he's not going to play. There there's a possibility he won't be in Green Bay and we we all have to accept that that's a possibility. Uh if the boogeyman's gone, the NFC North is an absolute crapshoot. Uh Jared Goff becomes the best quarterback. Yeah, the, in the fuck NFC right. No uh, way. But <laughs> but but Actually, but I and that's why I love the pick as well. Like because get your bets in now. Because you know they they saw it was it was vulnerable. It was time for the strike, and I loved it. But I want to go on. All right, I want to go on, dude. Go on. The reason why I love this draft is I didn't want a quarterback if we couldn't protect him. I didn't want a quarterback because I figured we we'd we'd have you still, to. You still can't protect him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Tevin Jenkins is also a great pick. Well, yeah. One second yeah. round off the yeah. tackle. Off is not going to fix all your problems. <laughs> Go on, nobody. Yeah. Defend yourself. I'm sorry. The 5-11 and 11, uh, Lions can shut the fuck up real quick, okay? But here's what I'll say. That's a Matt Patricia yeah, yeah, Lions. It's yeah. Motor City Dan Campbell time, baby. Uh, so first off, I just didn't want those picks because I thought we would have to give up a second and a third, and I thought that this – line draft was so deep and it would be pure bull or bears to uh not get somebody out of it but tevin jenkins round two just an absolute mauler i absolutely love this pick he was the first sure best guy in the second round hanging around from the start and the bears went up and grabbed him i i thought the trade up wasn't wasn't too bad either we traded our our 52nd our 83rd so our next our third round pick and a two thousand or a 204th pick for 39 and 151. So we went up to the fifth round. So again, that wasn't a bad trade at all. Um, you know, then we grabbed this guy, Larry Borum, out of uh out of Mizzou. 
<laughs> not one hurry last year. He guys, this guy plays in the SEC. This guy plays for like one of the worst teams in the SEC. He's facing Bama. He had 44 coverage snaps in Bama. Not a single fucking hurry. Uh, you know, he he, he let up two sacks his entire time in college. I'm 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 very happy with them investing a second pick. I've been saying it the entire time. Ryan Pace, you need to invest in the fucking line. You need to invest in that before we can get a quarterback, before any our offense can be anything. And what does he do? He drops Leno like a bad habit, all right? And then uh, he grabs two, at least one pretty damn good left tackle and then possibly the right tackle or guard of the future wherever he projects. But, uh, you know, they're investing heavily in this line. Uh, but I don't think the, the the line is is that out of out of whack here. Uh, Mustafer, our center, he did absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal in the last like eight games of the year last year. Uh, let's see. Uh, I I like Jermaine Ifedi on on a, for 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 fi- for five million is our is our uh, right guard or right tackle. I mean, there's versatility there. And then one guy that you guys are all forgetting is probably the best lineman that we had James Daniel who went out in like the third 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 game last year so as long as these guys come back pretty healthy was he that I'm pretty fucking sure our line's gonna be okay and okay is all you fucking need but you can say whatever you want uh but but again all the way down to the seventh round I'll just spend a quick minute Khalil Herbert is I, I envision him being like kind of like a Jamal Williams running back Somebody to just take a load a little bit, uh, you know, be a solid runner. He's a one cut guy, but he's really he's really quick. Got a lot of balance. Uh, Das Newsom in the sixth round. Uh, that that one I like. That I thought that was your best post first round pick, in my opinion. Your opinion is is taken That's very heartily over here, buddy. Uh, Das Newsom. He he he's a speedster. Again, we we don't know who our third wide receiver is going to be. Um, you know, Alan Miller might be out or. Uh, uh, Anthony Miller might be out the door. And then uh, Thomas Graham was actually my one of my favorite picks. Uh, cornerback who graded like an 80% the last two years in Oregon was like a projected third-round, fourth-round pick. Uh, didn't play last year, sat out, and so that's why he fell. But we got him with like the last pick in the sixth. And then, Big C, you asked me in our defensive uh, coverage if there was any lineman I liked outside of the top five that we might go after. And I said, Kyrie's Tonga, the big, the big boy from BYU. And right. we chose him in the seventh round. I thought he would go fifth or so. I just, I think, uh, I think every single one of these picks, uh, you know, can, can play a, a nice role uh, with the Bears. And I mean, it's, it's exciting because it, it is all headlined by Justin Fields. But I would have loved Tevin Jenkins if we picked him at 20. And we got Tevin Jenkins and... Justin Fields, and that's why I'm fucking happy. Ganger. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give I'll give the Bears some credit. I I do like a lot of those picks as well. Um, I think that Fields Jenkins combination in the first and second round is incredible. Um, you know, some of the O line experts I've seen out there are questioning potentially Jenkins' ability to play left tackle in the league. Um, you know, there is some concern yeah. on his ability to do that. But overall, I do think you got a bulldozer. Um, and, and top to bottom, I won't really argue on some of the things you said. From our, the rest of the NFC North perspective, I think we got to love this because that this probably means we're going to get three, four more years of Ryan Pace. So, you know, we keep yep. we keep this going, you know, like, you know, maybe he does have a draft where he hits on. But, you know, it looks like at least that that pace naggy combination, we're going to get at least a couple of years with them because there are going to probably be some growing pains for the Bears this year with some of these young guys. But I'll give him credit. You know, I, I like a lot of those picks as well. That's uh, you know we've heard nothing but since we started this podcast Barney shitting on Ryan Pace and uh, he's I love I love first of all Barney that you're happy for once it's nice to see uh we're not getting a, a long you know angry monologue now we're getting a, a, a nice happy one out of you I like seeing that but I mean this is Ryan Pace and I I don't trust his judgment at all and that's why I I I think it's gonna backfire just because I don't believe in what Ryan Pace has done since he's got there and. But maybe uh, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut. I'll tell you, I, I, and that was one of my concerns with him picking a quarterback, right? Like I, like that was I'm like I'm like I don't 
I don't like this guy's track record, right? But I'll say this. Everyone says, hey, you know, everyone got it wrong with the Mitch Trubisky one. Everyone got it wrong. Mitch Trubisky was number one on everyone's board. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He wasn't number one on the guy's boards that are actually picking. Okay, he might have been on Todd McShay's or Mel fucking Dork Kuypers, okay? Uh, he could have been on all those guys, the Dale Jeremiah's, whatever. However, what we know for a fact is that Nagy was an integral part of bringing Mahomes in. And they had Mahomes as the generational talent that they wrote down, this is our guy. And so Nagy and his process of the fact that he was in the process of a process that, that they had to trade up like, what, 14 picks to go get the guy? I mean, that was their number one. And so that makes me very, very excited uh, that, you know, this this could be a whole lot better and more meaningful than a Ryan Pace pick because Nagy had his hands in a very, very, very influential draft uh, a couple of years ago, and I think he just nailed it this time too. <clears throat> All right, Barney. So uh, we'll have a lot more conversation, I'm sure, about the Bears and Justin Fields uh, and maybe their quarterback competition if there is one uh, going forward. But let's move on now to Minnesota. Remy, the Vikings had a very on-brand draft. Uh, I mean, basically, it's kind of how they've operated the past few years. They just acquire picks, acquire picks, and acquire more picks. I mean, four-thirds and four-fourths. That's and insane. And it all <laughs> works out. You know, this draft was, uh, while it might not be a very, quote, sexy, appealing draft, this draft really laid the foundation for what's about to happen. I do believe the Vikings are definitely in a win now mode, especially after the guys we got. Um, and our biggest need going into this draft was offensive line. And when we couldn't pull the trade off, you know, the jets come in and, and, and we move down to 23 and get additional picks for it in the third round. Uh, but I mean, Christian did, Mike Zimmer said going into this draft, he needed a bigger O-line. And with Christian Darisaw, he's 6'5", like what, 300-some pounds. He, uh, he, his senior year, he did not allow one sack. He did not allow his final year. I don't know if he made it to his senior year or not. I love all all these guys. There's they're, they have all these stats. The no he, hurry well, he, sacks. And, I, it's my favorite stat here because he hear it every year. And he you it's know he played favorites. in a decent conference, but he's gonna he's an instant day one starter that I'm very happy with. He's gonna pr be protecting Kirk's blindside, um, much needed pick, and then in part of that trade, you know, and I thought Minnesota going into the second round was gonna make a trade because you're sitting with the second pick in the third round. You have 15 pick in the third round. You know, you've got third round picks. I thought we were going to hop into the second. Minnesota said no. There's guys that are falling. There's they're on their draft board. They were falling to the third round. And that's where we get Kellen Mond. And that's who I predicted the Vikings to pilot, or that's who I predicted was a decent quarterback. This is just insurance on Kirk Cousins, whether he decides to go forward or not. It's it's having a reliable, suitable feel good backup that's not named Sean Mannion or fucking Jake Browning uh, that Kellen Mond can come in and compete. And if Kirk has a bad year or if they don't want to decide to pay Kirk and Mond shows promise, then we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But I'm more impressed with what they did in the third, fourth and fifth round than, than anything because we went and we got Wyatt Davis, the Ohio state guard who I like is that just, pick. he's insane. So then you have a possible, another starter and you've just you're off your offensive line after those two picks you've got christian darisaw starting at left tackle you've got wyatt davis at left guard garrett bradbury at center right guard ezra cleveland and brian o'neill you have upgraded that offense immensely and given kirk cousins time to throw in the pocket and without pressure he's he's good he's good um we also got a linebacker chaz sertat out of North Carolina, who Surratt, 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 Surratt yeah, and he, I like him a he lot. He was a quarterback. He's a, he's a hustler. He was a quarterback his freshman and sophomore year. He played like ten games, and he was like, he was like nine touchdowns, eight interceptions, and then switched to linebacker right. and just went beast mode. Um, could definitely come in and play right next to Eric Hendricks, Anthony Barr. Um, could also be a possible replacement for Anthony Barr if they don't want to trade him. But let's move on even to the later rounds. Janarius Robinson. 
the D end out of Florida State. Patrick Peterson was ecstatic about this pick. I don't know too much about the dude. I know he's a physical specimen, but if Patrick Peterson loves this pick, then so do I. Uh, we grabbed this small running back who's going to be a kick returner or at least compete. And let me, uh, I believe his name is out of Iowa State. His name is pronounced Kane Nguangu. Kwe Nguangu. Um, coming in primarily yep. to just compete with the kick returner who is destined for a number three position. And that is who we got in the fifth round, Amir Smith-Marset. And I think <laughs> I remember hearing a couple of uh, chirps on the podcast about uh, he might be a seventh round pick. This dude is going to come in and make an instant. No, impact. you had him in the third round in our mock draft. And I said he's fifth or lower and anyone in the fifth. I thought I heard somebody say seven. <laughs> Amir Smith Marset's going to come in and I I mean we got we got Diggs. I'm not saying he might is going to be the next Stefan Diggs cuz Stefan Diggs is good, but we have a good history at drafting receivers in the 5th round. Um he's going to come in and be an instant impact starter and I don't think people are ready. This is like a dream come true. I I could not believe it when I saw it. I was like this is exactly what <laughs> Minnesota needs. Um so aside from really addressing the offensive line, beefing it up for Kirk Cousins, getting another uh, weapon in a wide receiver with Amir Smith-Marset, and then getting D-end help to put on the opposite side of Daniil Hunter. I am very excited moving forward that this is going to be the best Vikings team with Kirk Cousins since he's got here. And I will go on record in saying that because it's just it's panning out to be if these guys can play up to their potential, Kirk's going to have a fabulous year. He's got so many weapons. Remy, I'm gonna be Remy. I I, I like I like those two offensive line picks. I do. Uh, are you worried at all that the both of them had pretty serious injuries uh, in college? No, I mean, I mean, I will. I mean, yes, because you don't like to grab, you don't like to grab guys, and there's always that lingering fact, like factor. Will it come back? But no, I mean, I I it's it doesn't bug me. Okay, I thought they were good picks. Yeah, line or the Vikings needed to address the O line, and they did that. I like some of those picks as well. I think they did get better as a team. I still think that defense has some room to improve this year. Yes, you're getting some of your guys back, Remy. Obviously, a couple of your your best players, if not the best players, on defense. But um, you know, you got you, secondary is still going to be a question mark for me this year with them. Um, but given Kirk Cousins a little bit more time, obviously having a weapon like Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think this was a middle of the pack, maybe slightly above average draft in the NFL from the Vikings. Not not and, bad, and in my opinion, yeah. The Vikings and, love to just throw darts at a board with their draft. They just draft 10-plus players every year and hope three or four no, of them we do, stick we, out. No, into, we do our roster. homework, bud. We do our homework. Listen, if you want to <laughs> say this defense has some improving, I will say it has already improved. Uh, you're getting the starting. This is a projected depth chart right now. You've got... You've got first off Daniil Hunter returning from injury. You've got Major injury. Delvin Tomlinson in your interior. You've got Michael Pierce returning because he opted out of COVID and Stephen Weatherly. That is one of the meanest defensive lines in football. You have Anthony Barr returning from an injuring. Eric Kendricks, who is the best linebacker in the game, no, and possibly Chaz Sertat playing <laughs> alongside of him. Your linebackers. So Eric Kendricks is one of the best linebackers in the game right now. He yeah, said the best. He said he said he's the best. He, I would, I would of say course, he's a, he's a top seven linebacker for sure. No, oh, go, go look at some stats and go tell me otherwise. Uh, he might be top two to be honest. I'd say Fred Warner think, might, 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 might be, might be. No, I, I think the stats. Uh, I think Kendricks beats him out anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Patrick Peterson at corner with. With uh, with Cam Dansler and you, you get, we're getting Mackenzie Alexander back, the four-year vet who briefly who went to Cincinnati but loved Zimmer. Yeah, right. He's a good slot, and you got Mike Hughes, <laughs> and you got Mike Hughes back too. It's this defense is going to mirror what the 2017 defense looked like. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if we're got, if we're gonna you gotta love the post draft uh, vibes. Gotta love the post draft vibes. Not, we're, we're all high. We, we, Me, we, Barney, Remy. We may not. We may not give up you know 17 points per game like uh like what we did in 2017 but if you're only giving up 20 to 21 points a game you're gonna win you're gonna win games and i think minnesota is going to uh do just that i'm gonna be fascinated to kind of watch the careers of darisaw 
Tevin Jenkins and Liam Eikenberg, all the offense tackles kind of taken from the Darisaw to uh, – that range, I'll, I'll be fascinated to see which one of the you three can, turns. You out can to be the slip best, a cause... couple guys in there. You got Car- uh, Carmen from uh, Clemson, and then you got Raiden. Leatherwood, and, uh, yeah, Leatherwood. That Dylan that was Raiden. that yeah. was an interesting pick. Mayock, man, Mayock loves his own board. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Nobody loves their own. I board. know he drafts like a guy that worked for NFL Network, <laughs> so it's just, it's really funny. <laughs> no, but 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 Remy, you're absolutely right. You guys you guys did get better in a lot of key areas. Uh, I I am interested just because of the, all the sound bites on both sides. I'm interested to see if Kellen Mond uh, can shape up to be anything better than a backup, which I think is what most of us think he is. Yeah, that, I, I, I would agree with that as well. As for the next two years, he is a backup. You are correct. I will not argue that. Hey, he gets to learn from the best. Captain Kirk. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, but Remy, the Vikings have twenty have had made twenty five draft picks the last two years. That's pretty insane. <laughs> and we've done well. I mean, you look at two thousand sixteen when we got Trey Waynes, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs. That's a that's an insane draft right there. Dalvin Cook in the second round, three, four yeah. or four years ago. It's you you can't make this shit up. <laughs> All right, so let's move on now to the last team. And that is, of course, the Green Bay Packers. Kinger, the Green Bay Packers, what are your thoughts? And uh, the first-round pick kind of surprised people. Eric Stokes, uh, did, he, did they take him too high? What are your thoughts? So let me just real quick, let me get some breaking news that just that just came out on the Rodgers situation. John Kuhn, as you all know, the, the big running back fullback that was beloved up in Green Bay for many years, said he spoke to Rodgers wow. this week. And Rogers' response was he is doing everything he can and will include drastic measures to make sure he is the QB to, in Green Bay until at least age 40. I'm not believing it until Aaron Rodgers comes out and says it. So, you know, everything I, I think, I, think, I mean, I think mean? getting the pay it deserves, but I think that's a positive sign. But anyways, back to the draft, you know, we're going with <laughs> Eric Stokes. Um, he's a guy that a lot of people had graded probably late second, third round. I was a little bit shocked at the time. I was also very intoxicated when the pick happened. So I was <laughs> in a position where I didn't even know what was going on. I was not watching. I was, as you guys know, at a wedding in Arizona. Um, but you know, after talking to some guys, this guy's just a freak athlete, right? You talk that relative athlete score, he's off the charts in a lot of, uh, a lot of those categories mentioned. And, uh, you know, I was with sec folks all weekend long, Bama, Auburn, even a couple Georgia guys, Clemson, Clemson's on sec. But, um, you know, the positive thing is, is that from the kind of the consensus is, is what all, a lot of these people are saying is, is he was actually the better pick, the better corner than Tyson Campbell, than a lot of people had rated higher than him going into the big board. So this is a guy that's going to be able to play outside. He's got sub four three speed. He's six foot, one hundred ninety five pounds. Pretty good corner, uh, pretty good sized corner. Um, he's got some things to work on with his fluidity, with his hips, some of his sticking with receivers at the top of the route. But he's got ball skills, and he does have just the straight breakaway speed. You know, he's not going to get beat, beat deep. Um, you know, Kevin King obviously is going to be our second starting corner alongside Jair for now. But he's a guy with a lot of room to grow, a lot of potential there, and you know. The, the Packers have hit on their DBs for the most part here since the Gutekunst era took over. And, uh, you know, maybe it was a little higher than most than most wanted, but, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. You know, I, I'm excited to see what this kid can do. Um, you know, going down the line here, second round, again, a lot of people say we potentially reached here, especially with a guy like Creed Humphrey, who was on the, uh, you know, mm. who was still on the board there, uh, as a lot of people rated as the number one overall center. Um but or behind, I'm sorry, behind Dickinson, Landon Dickinson was obviously the number one in most cases. But the Packers took Josh Myers. Um, this is a guy that you know he's a, he played center at Ohio State, was uh, you know part of Ohio State team that was top five in rushing guards last year. Uh, he's a good size offensive lineman, and his biggest strength is going to be the run blocking. Um, he's got some things to work on in pass protection. He allowed three sacks last year, but they love his ability to. Uh, the projection to play at all three interior line positions, center, right guard, left guard. Um, and uh, obviously the flexibility on the offensive line is going to be a big thing for Green Bay going forward, especially with Doc Taylor going out. So love that potential there. You know, wait and see what happens. Creed Humphrey there. It's kind of hard for me to say maybe why we passed up, but our last center from Ohio State turned out to be um, a fantastic pick. So we'll kind of wait and see, um, you know, how that turns out there. 
Uh, third round pick is my favorite pick of the Green Bay Packers draft. Um, we traded up to go get ourselves a wide receiver, boys. Um, we traded with the hey. we traded with the Titans, and we went up and we picked Amari Rogers out of Clemson. And like I said, I absolutely love this kid. Um, I didn't even realize this, but he's the son of T. Martin, the old Tennessee quarterback. Um, and he coaches now. I'm, I'm not quite sure where. Uh, but this kid is, you know, he's 5'10", 210 pounds, 5'11", 210 pounds. And he's just an absolute beast, right? Can really play all along the field, can line up. He's took most of his positions from the slot, which is a slot position is where Green Bay has really needed some help over the years. Also has the ability to line up in the backfield. Um, I absolutely love what he's going to be able to do in this offense with some of the creativity that LaFleur brings, you know, the jet sweeps, lining him up in the backfield, the motion. Uh, I think this is a guy, he's a guy who's compared to Randall Cobb, but built a little bit more. He's a little bit bigger than Cobb was. Um, so this is, this is again, my favorite pick. And I think that this guy is uh, somebody that is really going to be impactful in, in the Green Bay offense for years to come. Moving on, you know, these next picks here, this is really just, again, just building depth. Uh, you know, fun fact, we took an O-lineman in the fourth round four times in the last 10 years. Three of those four have turned out to have multiple Pro Bowls. Uh, we drafted Royce Newman, who is an offensive lineman out of uh, Mississippi. Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, like the versatility with the interior positions that Myers is going to give us, you know, in the interior O-line, Newman's got the ability to play outside. He can play guard. He started playing guard in college, then moved to tackle. Uh, people really love this kid's athletic ability and his physicality on the line. They say he's got a great jump off the ball. Again, a very good run blocker, has proven to be solid in pass protection. Um, sometimes gets a little too excited, you know, also rush also gets sometimes gets off the line too quickly and, you know, puts himself in bad position. Uh, but there's a lot of O-line people out there, a lot of teams that really like his versatility and what he's going to be able to do. Went out, got TJ Slayton in the fifth round. This is a guy out of Florida who wasn't necessarily impactful from the pass rush position, but he's a load. He's 6'4", 330 plus pounds. A uh, very big built run stopper, and that's something that Green Bay needs. That was an area that I wish we could have addressed a little bit maybe earlier in the draft, but we talked about how the D-line position, the defensive tackle position, was somewhere that was a little bit weaker in this draft. And, you know, they must not have seen a guy that they really liked getting TJ Slayton right. in 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 this late round, fifth round. Hopefully he's a guy that can come in and at the very least, you know, provide some snaps, get Kenny Clark off the field so he doesn't have to play as many snaps as he did last year and can kind of be a suitable, uh, you know, uh, Suitable defensive lineman alongside Kingsley Kiki, who came uh, a little bit on strong last year. And, you know, we'll wait and see what happens with Dean Lowry. Uh, wrapping it up, Damn. fifth round, the whole Green, Backers, whole Green Bay Packers scheme is going to change this year. We're going to be primarily a zone scheme defense. You know, going forward, we drafted Shamar, Shamar Jean Charles out of Appalachian State. This is a guy, there's a lot of questions around his athleticism, but he's strong. Uh, he's super physical at the line, and he's kind of slated to be a, a slot corner in the NFL. Hopefully he can use that physicality to to really position himself. They say he's got to play in a zone system, which is what Green Bay is going to. Uh, he's ran a 4-5-40, so we got to you know, obviously wait and see what happens with that. But hopefully uh, between him and uh, between him and Stokes, you know, really provide some of that cornerback depth that Green Bay has been lacking. Uh, we yeah. got another tackle guard out of Wisconsin, Green Bay kid, Cole Van Lannen. Uh, you know, that's kind of a cool story having him. And then we wrapped it up with a couple picks. Isaiah McDuffie, undersized linebacker out of Boston College. They love his Fun name. Uh, that's a great name. And they love his speed <laughs> and physicality. Uh, you know, linebacker position is obviously something that needs to be addressed as well. Hopefully you can come in and, and provide some snaps. And then to wrap it up, I didn't really think we'd get another running back, but to draft Kylan Hill, the running back out of Mississippi State, uh, you know, I, I love taking a late round flyer on that guy. Started 25 games, over 2,500 yards in his career with only one fumble. Uh, you know, some versatility there. Uh, if, you know, Aaron Jones or Dylan gets hurt, you know, this is a guy that I think has, has got the potential to be a second running back in the NFL, second string running back. So I'm, I'm happy with Green Bay's draft. Uh, you know, returning 19 out of 22 starters from last year, NFC championship team. Uh, this is this is what we need to do, build some depth. And I'm hoping, you know, three, four or five of these guys turns out and can really turn into some players going forward for the Packers. Yeah, it's going to suck when Aaron Rodgers isn't there to see it all. We will wait and see, boys. I don't think this is anything <laughs> that is going to be wrapped up anytime soon. So I think we're going to be buckled in here for the next couple months. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Right. I, I do. I do. I did like the Amari Rodgers pick. I think that's a good fit for their scheme. Yeah, I like that a lot. He's uh, I, I think he's like kind of the perfect prototypical player. You know, we've had Tyler Irvin, Tavon Austin. 
some of these guys that have tried to fill that role, I think he's going to fill that role, you know, spectacularly. And definitely love that we traded up to go get him because that was a guy Goody said he thought about taking him in the second, but you know he got him to get him at eighty five. You know that was I love to see that. Kanger, uh, just going back, I know you touched on it. I you know you you think you'd maybe would rather had Creed Humphrey. I'm not going to make you have that soundbite or anything like that. But when we were doing our uh, mock draft or whatever, we were talking about how late. Creed might be able to go. And I thought he was a first rounder. You thought he was a first rounder, but like we were pretty clear that he probably wouldn't be there at the end of round two. And like yeah. when when that came down, I was like, holy shit. They just replaced Corey Lindsley. And then and then like to not only see center and then you know Myers come off the board, I was like, Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> but I think a lot of people felt that same way, Barney. So, you know, we just got to wait and see. And, and the Packers obviously saw something there. And, you know, hopefully that turns out to be the case. But the Chiefs getting him a pick later and what they're doing with that offensive line, it, that's scary. That's really scary. It is scary. Oh, man. Good good thing that quarterback's worth $500 million, You know, at least that's going to be a little <laughs> troublesome somewhere down the yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. I'll be fascinated to see if Kyle Long plays well for them, Barney. Yeah, I hope he does, man. I, he's somebody that I always just – wanted the best for I still want the best for but you know our 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 management kind of screwed him over and you know his his body quit on him but hopefully he's good right <clears throat> all right gentlemen uh I think this is the longest episode we've ever done you know we had the Rodgers talk and then the draft talk a lot of stuff to talk about uh so you know a lot of good things happening we will have a lot more to talk about um in the coming months ahead because now it's just uh, waiting for OTAs and training camp <laughs> and then the season in September. Uh, we we do have the schedule release in the middle of May for the NFL. It's always, I guess, exciting because any people are just starved for any information. Yeah, I think that's that's next week, I think, right, Big Z? Oh, is it next week? I knew I knew it was middle of May sometime. I didn't know which which middle of May, the second or third week. Uh, pretty sure. I think yeah. it's May 13th. I, I want to say – I can't wait to see how if the Lions get eight or seven primetime games. June, June <laughs> first is a we'll date for everyone to to look out on because that's basically the the Rodgers. time when you know guys like Rogers or you know like for us like we're not releasing Charles Leno I don't think until then because at that point then it's the most opportune and cap uh you know available hit for the mm. for like prospective teams so. You know, Julio Jones might be traded June 1st. Mark it on the calendar. Uh, it's it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty crazy week that week. And the NFL schedule uh, gets released on May 12th at 7 o'clock Central. So, okay, gentlemen, I think we discussed a lot of important things here and we'll have a lot more important things to discuss going forward. But the draft, as you can tell, elicits a lot of optimism. Uh, so... Let's see if any of it comes to fruition uh, in the coming months. I can't wait to see it. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for tuning in the live stream again the other night. We really appreciate it. But um, Twitter at the Pylon Pod, Instagram at the Pylon, and then uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe there. We'd really appreciate it. And please leave a review. We'd always really appreciate that. So for Remy, Barney. Kinger, I'm Big Z. Thank you, buddy, for listening. And a producer, KJ. Thank you, buddy, for listening. We'll be talking to you soon. Uh, we'll, it, you know, it's the off season, so we probably won't have episodes as frequently as we did during the draft here and then as we do during the season, but we'll have plenty of content for you going forward. So stay tuned, baby. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great rest of your week. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when Justin Fields coming for you? <laughs>